Happy anniversary, Lana. Thank you. Happy anniversary. <laughs> two years of scissors and scrubs. <laughs> I can't believe that. I can't believe it's been two years either. Um, of course, I like to listen to all our old episodes over mm-hmm. and over because they mm-hmm. make me happy. And I was listening to the snowmobile one mm-hmm. and the ice one, which I went on a snowmobile like last weekend. I still have no helmet. Mm-hmm. I had no helmet on. What am I, an idiot? Don't do that. Well, and I was in the woods. Yeah. But I was maybe doing five miles an hour because okay. I was terrified. <laughs> Um, but I had my kids in helmets, if that makes any sense. So better. I'm listening to it and listening to all your little tidbits of what to do in the ice. I'm like, wow, you know, I should write this down because this is actually really good information for people to know. <laughs> I was like, well, I'll stick my arms to the ice. Yeah, I should do that. I really should do that. So when I was at work the other day, one of the doctors was like, we had this patient come in. He was hypothermic. He had been walking the street. Ooh, he had been walking the streets at night. He was hypothermic. And they brought him in and they put him on ECMO. And she's like, well, you know, what are we doing? What are we doing? I said, you know, you're not <laughs> dead till you're warm and dead. She's like, well, he's asking for juice now. I was like, oh, you saved him. She's like, yeah, apparently you aren't dead till you're warm and dead. <laughs> um, any highlights from the year besides we've been locked down in COVID and never got our live show in that we wanted to do? Any mm, About the show highlights? Yes. Yeah. Well, your life, whatever you want to talk about. I mean, about. Ireland was you. nice last year. <gasps> it was um, nice. I'm actually mourning it every as we get closer I to know. the day we left. I'm like, I'm oh, this, we were planning it hurts. this year. Left this yeah, day it really last hurts. Year. That was the last hurrah before lockdown really, for a year. It was a good one, though. It was a great one. Um, Highlights of the show. I like the one that's coming out in two weeks. Um, It will have already been out before this episode. The Hartford. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I like that. Um, I liked doing the um, COVID updates. Yeah, and I like doing the um, thing with the or- the organ bank. The organ bank one was a the big interview. Hit. That was a big hit. And yeah. what made me nervous a little bit is a lot of the doctors listened to it, which I didn't expect. Yeah, you know, one of the transplant surgeons is like, "Good job, ladies." I'm like, what? You listen to that? Please don't listen to that. I say weird shit in these things. <laughs> I can't have you looking at me like that at work. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that was a pretty good one too. Yeah, I liked that the Kevin Kylie interview. Yeah. It was good. I think he went into somebody at work. He's like, I'm on the podcast. Have you guys met me? <laughs> and they were like, what? I, I don't know who you are. <laughs> I, I don't listen to that podcast. <laughs> um, we have all these new kids at work and now they're all listening. So spread the word, guys. Spread the word. Mm. All right. We need all the colleges to hear about us so we I'll, can do yeah, some they, shows. They tell me that, though, and I'm like, ugh. I know. I know. One kid was like, I'm trying to be- I had my mother listen and I was like. And she loved is it. she's so proud of that this is who you're learning from? <laughs> she's so excited for your future. <laughs> she listened to the penis episode. She must say butt stuff. And she think it's great? Yeah. <laughs> she's so happy for you. Yeah, those ladies are something. Hey, it's something. Well, we decided for... This really isn't our anniversary episode because by the time it comes out, it's a month past our anniversary, but we're recording it on our anniversary. Mm-hmm. So we're going to call it our second anniversary episode. And this week, we're going to talk about Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell you it's disturbing. It's a disturbing it's, episode. <laughs> your stuff is real disturbing. It's disturbing. Mine's not very disturbing. Mine's disturbing. Yes. And as I was writing it, I didn't think it would be as disturbing to write it as I'm writing it. I'm like, mm, I can't imagine this happening to me. So what are we alluding to? We're alluding to doctors and uh, staff who have sexually assaulted patients mm-hmm. or are abused and drugs and whatever mm-hmm. while they're working which we see plenty of that unfortunately mm-hmm. and then surgeons who are in rock and roll bands <laughs> figured if it's sex drug and rock and roll i had to cover all three freaking rock and roll all right shall we kick it off 
Let me take a drink. Hold on a second. I need a sip. Yeah. And I think this should just be a trigger warning with the first pot. Anyways. It's disturbing. Yeah. It's disturbing. And I guess my other warning, not warning, is these are few and far between. Yes. Don't go into surgery and think that this is happening to everybody because mm-hmm. it's not. Mm-hmm. It's few and far between. Um, I mean, yes, it does. It happen. It does. But the staff in the OIs are usually pretty diligent about advocating yes. for their patients and keeping them safe. Um, so what I found also interesting about this, and when I get to the second story, it, it pissed me off when I was writing it. <laughs> because even when you listen to Dr. Death... Mm-hmm. Staff doesn't like to report yes, because nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And hospitals don't want um, anything on their blemish, so they push mess. it aside or they make them resign or they move them somewhere else. And that kind of pissed me off. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I went into Sage Journals with a James Dubois and oh. a Heidi Walsh, okay. and they wrote this entire paper on statistics, which, as you know, as soon as I started reading it, I started yawning. So I yeah, kind of skimmed it and took, right some, took some highlights. Okay. okay. So the FSMB, which is the Federal State Medical Board, they talk that sexual violations as they are considering sexual violations as engaging in any conduct with a patient that is sexual or may be reasonably interpreted as sexual. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sexual violations cause harm to patients. Mm-hmm. Patients who enter into quote-unquote consensual sexual relationships tend to be not mentally healthy. Mm-hmm. These encounters usually occur where there is a considerable disparity in power, mm-hmm. status, and emotional vulnerability existing between the doctor and patient, rendering consent inapplicable. <laughs> That's the word I'm trying uh-huh. to Inapplicable. <laughs> so basically what they're saying is because the patient is usually in a position lower than the doctor and they're looking at the doctor as somebody with experience and right. and power, it makes consent um, invalid. Right. So sexual misconduct includes sexual in- intercourse. Did you know that? I would, I mean... Yeah, it's a given, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, masturbating in oh. presence of your patient. Hey... Mm. I just can't imagine being like, I'm just going to take this out. Okay. Genital contact and rape or sodomy. Genital mm-hmm. contact? Mm-hmm. I guess you just throw your penis in their face. So one of my girlfriends had gone, <laughs> gone to a bachelorette party, and she's so prim and proper. She's so not like uh, this person. She's sitting down, and she's oh, like God. the male stripper had this pink thong on she's like all i could see were like zits on his ass she's like and he's throwing his penis in my face like it hit me in the cheek on his pink thong so i guess that might be sexual misconduct um and i just every time i think of that story i die laugh that is <laughs> why why no her, one wants that her, her wedding gift i gave her a framed picture of her and the stripper because somehow she had a picture of it and she gave it to me as a joke so i get back to her for a wedding okay All right, what did I write here? Patients who suffer from abuse can suffer from depression, anger, drug and alcohol abuse, trust issues, and PTSD. Yes. One study claims that fewer than one in 10 patients report sexual abuse with their um, physicians. Reasons for not reporting are shame, fear of not being believed, which is a huge Mm -hmm. one. Some are not aware of the abuse because they were under sedation. Um, some are compliant because they're trading sex for drugs for mm-hmm. prescriptions. They're confused as if to really occurred, which this kind of disturbed me. If 
you go to a GYN exam and they yeah. examine you with no gloves. That's right. Yeah. I was like, oh, didn't even think of that. And most hospitals choose to ask the physician to resign rather than report it to law enforcement, mm-hmm. which I thought was a little disturbing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, February 2010, this woman decided to waive any kind of HIPAA and used her name in this article. I got it out of the Toronto Sun. Deborah Drize. I don't know how to pronounce her name. D-R-E-I-S-E. We're going with Drize. Okay. Yep. She's a young mother of twins, and she went into North York General Hospital in Toronto, Canada, for a hysterectomy. Okay. Now, what I don't understand about this mm-hmm. is I would think she would be completely anesthetized for a hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. But she recalls what happened. So I don't know if they give her a spinal, spinal or an yeah. epidural. Okay. Maybe she had like a vaginal hysterectomy in the spinal. Maybe. Maybe. Little did she know she would be in the, the last victim of a Dr. George Dudnot and help bring him and his 10-year sexual abuse to an end. Jesus. Okay. Deborah claims that while in Dr. Dudnot's care, an anesthesiologist at North York General Hospital, that he fondled her breasts and he stuck his penis in her mouth. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. She couldn't believe what was happening and asked, like, what about the other people in the room? And his response is, don't worry, I know how to be discreet. <gasps> Deborah, awake in her hospital room, tells the nurse, um, this guy stuck his penis in my mouth. And the nurse is like, mm, are you sure it wasn't the drugs? Are you sure? Hmm. So Deborah is disgusted. She goes and she makes a formal complaint against Dr. Dudnot. And this leads to Dr. Dudnot being charged with 21 counts of sexual assault among many patients ranging from the ages of 25 to 75. Oh, my God. There were actually more accounts, but only 21 went to court. Patient P, a middle-aged woman and mother, she went in for a bilateral knee. Now, a lot of times knee placements will have spinals or epidurals. Mm-hmm. She recalls Dodnot rubbing her breasts under the drapes. And she's like, no, stop. Because they're also sedated mm-hmm. through this. And he put his penis in the palm of her hand. Oh. And he proceeds to get off. <clears throat> right in the palm of her hand. <clears throat> yep. 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 I How? Can't Nobody even... noticed? How do you not He's notice this? off in her hand? I don't know. Yep. I, okay, so people, I don't think, realize there's an anesthesia screen when right. you're in surgery. So you have drapes on, and the drapes go up to, like, IV poles. And the and patient's the arms are usually out by this the side. The head, the arms, their chest, everything the anesthesiologist needs to get to is up on his yeah. side of the drape. But you can see move Like, when they're trying to get to the IV, you can see the drape yeah. moving. You yeah. can see when they're yeah. trying to I guess he so gently placed his penis oh in the palm of God. his hand, and that was all it took for him. Yes. Yes. So other patients um, recall him doing the same thing, placing uh, his penis in their hands to jack off, placing his penis in their mouths, placing his tongue in their mouths. Ah. I found that more repulsive than anything. His fucking disgusting mouth was in my mouth and I can't stop him. Uh, and when patients confronted him about the abuse, he would be outraged and he would, he'd shame them and tell them that they were actually fondling him during surgery. Like, you grabbed me the moment you went under, so you better be careful. You stop fondling all the doctors. And they would be horrified. He told one victim, you reached for me the second you were under. And then he asked her to suck him off. <gasps> and when her husband wasn't home, he said, I'll come over and give you a good fuck. This is a great guy, huh? Wow. Yeah. And you're going to see him, he's gross. He's just gross. So another victim he was abusing during surgery asked, like, do I have to do this? Like, is this part of, is this part of my medical plan? 
And uh, his response was, what happens in Vegas, honey, stays in Vegas. Like, how cheesy can you be, dude? This isn't like 1920. This is like recent. Okay, but again, where's everybody else in the room? If the patient is speaking. But you know what? All right, bilateral knee. You're focused on the knee. Saws are going. You, you know, know, you're not listening. You can't hear. It's loud. I know. I just... just to be devil's advocate for a minute, like, I don't know. The it's second a lot story, of movement. The it's second a lot story, of the nurses step in. Let's just okay. say the second story, the nurses step in. Okay. Um, another victim. He actually calls her afterwards. He's like, "Do you remember inviting me over to come see your garden?" Which, and when you get in England and Canada, the garden's actually your fucking backyard. Uh, so patient Q who went in for a hip replacement, was told, you are a sexy lady. You do blowjobs? He'd have been shit out of luck with me, dude. <laughs> Be like, what are you going to give me? <laughs> Followed by a nice breast squeeze. <clears throat> you do blowjobs? <clears throat> she said, like, it was painful. How how did he squeeze her? So patients were rebu- reporting the abuse to loved ones, social workers, and hospital officials. Many were not believed or discarded um, because they're under... You know, you're under drugs. Nobody nobody believes them. Mm-hmm. Many victims were suffering nightmares, anxiety, and PTSD from the t- attacks. Finally, in 2013, he pleaded no contest, three counts of sexual assault, and was sentenced to 10 years. His medical license was finally revoked. Oh, thank God. And he later made an admission on a fourth count, and he was ordered to pay $497,860 for therapy, which he's contesting. He doesn't think he should have to pay. Oh, of course not. In 2019, he was denied parole, and he states, What I did to them was misinterpreted as a sexual assault because of the combinations of my touchy-feely approach. Yeah, touchy-feely. Here's my penis in your mouth. Yeah. And along with the drugs he was using caused many women to think they were being sexually assaulted. And I wrote after that, he's an asshat. He is an asshat. And there you go. He, okay. I can see if one person said it. Not that I can see it, but I could see thinking... It's the medication. Mm-hmm. You you know, they give you all these drugs. You don't know what's happening. He could have reached to put the EKG sticker on. You're kind of out of it. They lift up your boob. I actually think of that every time I'm touching a patient. I know. And I, I, I go out of my way not to touch them anywhere, but sometimes you accidentally brush or you have to move a piece. Right. And I always think, like, are they going to report me for sexual abuse? Are they going to think I'm doing you something? You do sometimes have to lift up that breast yeah. to put the EKG sticker on. Like... So, so you could be, you could almost be like, this is all like a one-off. Mm-hmm. They were on meds. They were sedated. That he moved her breath, like penis in your mouth. Yeah, penis in my hand. And twenty people are saying the same thing about one guy. Yep. One. Guy, are they saying it about any other anesthesiologist there? I'm but sure nobody's they believing them. Like it's yeah, just, but that's I nuts. Know. I mean, we have. There's one doctor we work with. He's an older man. I'd love to see him retire or leave. I find him a dirty, filthy, disgusting old man. Mm-hmm. And I had had a very young patient and I had to put a Foley in her. And I knew, I'm like, as soon as I go to put the Foley in her, he's going to come around the drapes to see what's going on. Sure than shit, he comes. St- I literally was laying across this woman's vagina till he left. I was like, can I help you? You need something? And he's like, no. I'm like, okay, we're good here then. I'm going to finish putting the Foley in as soon as you, mm-hmm. you go up there. Because I was like, he just wants to look. He was a, He's a dirty old man. I hate him. That said, he's a dirty old man. I hope he retires. I hope you retire, you piece of shit. All right. Anyway. Now, this one. This one bothered me. Okay. So, when we... If you listen to our Mind Hunter episode, we interview Ann Burgess. Mm-hmm. And Ann Burgess, for those who don't know, if you ever watch Mind Hunter, she... The the character of Wendy Carr is based on her. And she's a fascinating woman. And she loves 
wants to talk about what she does. She does. Okay, she does. So when we were interviewing her, she said, you ever hear this Dr. Miofsky? I'm like, no. And she's like, we'll send you the case logs. So she's, this is coming from her mm-hmm. paper in her case logs on this doctor mm-hmm. who is just a vile, vile, vile. She man. helped study like psychopaths and uh, serial killers right. and she helped format all that. She kind of came up with the forensic um, nursing Nurse. at BC. Yeah. She's something and I wish I had known about her 20 years ago because I would have gone into that mm-hmm. all day long. All right. Excuse me. 1977. This name cracks me up. Nurse Sandra Doll uh, Neary, her middle name is Doll, could not believe her eyes because she had doll eyes. <laughs> Just couldn't even resist them. She had eyes like a doll. Uh, she was a nurse at Sutter Memorial Hospital in Sacramento, California. Dr. Calvin O'Kane, remember the last name, O'Kane. Okay. A respected surgeon was doing a laparotomy on a 50 year old woman. The anesthesiologist, Dr. William Mayofsky mm-hmm. stood less than two foot away, feet away, but in relative isolation. Because when they are behind those drapes, I'm sure when you get into drugs, I mean, I have a friend who caught an anesthesiologist shooting himself up behind the drapes. Mm-hmm. Like you can't really see always what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Only when they stand up, you're like, oh, hey, what's going on back there? Mm-hmm. But a lot of times they are in relative isolation back there. So he's behind the an- anesthesia screen and nurse Neri Dahl. Dalneri, excuse me. She sees that Miofsky has his groin like in the woman's face. And he's kind of gently like moving back and forth. Mm-mm-mm. Nothing to see here. I'm just moving back and forth. And I get the nerve. Okay. Right. Now, I'm going to tell you the way the story was written. I'm going to tell you what the, what the woman actually wrote. So she and two other nurses notified Alan Waters, O'Kane. Oh. Yeah. Chief OR nurse. Um, to like... Take a look at this. So the, she comes in and she looks and she sees the patient's kind of waking up. She says to Miofsky, like, the anesthesia's wearing off. And he's he just gives her a more anesthetic. Dr. O'Kane, so the nurses go to Dr. O'Kane and they're like, this is what we just saw. He's like, mm, you just, you didn't see much. You saw nothing. It's two more years before Miofsky's bagged and caught and stopped. Yeah. Okay. So Ann Burr just, she describes the same incident. It's a little different. In her papers, it states that Neri actually saw him with his penis in the patient's mouth. And she calls, like, it would be like me being like, Laura, come over here. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Is his penis in her mouth? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, his penis is in her mouth. Like, let's go get the charge nurse. The charge nurse comes in. She's like, mm, penis is in the mouth. They report it to the doctor. And he's, and there's a stain on the sheets. And the ah. nurse is like, there's a stain on the sheets. The doctor's like, that's nothing. You're, nope. We're not doing anything about this. You know, it's a trusted colleague. It's this and that. They they do nothing. Uh, no one looks at no take no swabs are taken on the stains on the sheets. Nothing is done. Nurses are told to do not discuss this any further. Uh, the chief of anesthesia does report to Miofsky, like, you know, these are what the nurses claim they saw, and he's like, I never did that. I don't know what you're talking about. And they that's the end of the case. So the allegations, they're laid, they, the allegations go all the way up. Nothing is done. It goes to the hospital administrator. It goes to the president of the hospital, the board of trustees. Nothing is done. Mm-hmm. The OR nurses are really pissed now because they're like, this is disgusting. He's doing this. Nothing is done. So the OR nurses take it upon themselves okay. to start their own investigation. And they start collecting data. Two years after the initial complaint, he is with a 12-year-old patient. And the nurses see him pulling the same fucking stunt. 
So this time, the nurses get the suction tubing. So when a patient's waking up from surgery, they use suction tubing um, specifically at anesthesia to clean out the airways and stuff. They swab the suction tubing, semen in the suction tubing. They take it um, to the administrator. Again, no official response. So they go to the state medical board. Now, it's important to remember the OR nurses have initiated the investigation. The OR nurses initiated the sample taking. And the OR nurses took it upon themselves to go to the state Mm -hmm. medical board. Okay? So the county medical society... Um, executor, director, and the president, they meet with the nurses who reported it and an attorney for the medical society. So we still have not gone to the police yet about all this information. I know, that's what yep. I was they tell Mayovsky of their actions and they ask him to seek counseling. By now, he had resigned and he had already made his appointment with his psychiatric doctor. After a month, the medical board be- brings the case to the DA. So it takes two years mm-hmm. and months after the specimen mm-hmm. for the medical board to go to the DA, at which time now Miofsky's tried to commit suicide. Unfortunately, he didn't succeed. When the public hears about what is going on in the hospital, they lose their shit. And they, everybody, when it hits the fan, everybody's dragged in the dragnet. So the State Nurses Association tells the nurses not to speak, uh, to speak against the gag order. So the hospital's like, you can't say anything. And the Nurses Association like, you better stop speaking out and let them know you did something. Uh, in court, what happened to the victims starts to come out. One woman, she doesn't remember much till she woke up and she remembered seeing a wet spot on his pants. And she thought like, oh, he must have spilled something or he wet himself. She didn't realize she was a victim till the hospital contacted her because nurses had seen his penis in her mouth. Some victims recalled nothing. Others remember strange tastes in their mouth. <laughs> Tastes like bleach. Another was not unconscious and she remembers the full oral copulation i don't know why she wasn't unconscious but she remembers him putting his penis in the mouth and going to town she told her husband and they cover him but nobody believes her miofsky pleads no contest to three felony counts involving three patients as a result of the plea bargain the other remaining um the other four other remaining involving three other patient charges are dropped he is committed this is kills me too he doesn't go to prison he goes to a state mental hospital now because he's considered a mental disability, he can claim social security, which he does, so he can pay his child support. His license is revoked. Um, in 1991, so he, before 1991, he was released with outpatient care. In 1991, he's fully released from outpatient, any kind of patient mentally ill issue. 1996, he marries a fellow AA member, and he starts working as a health inspector in California. Ugh. Yep. The hospital's accreditation was revoked by the by Good. JACO. Later reinstated. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. good. Hospital executive director was suspended with pay pending investigation. He was later fired. Good. The State Medical Quality Assurance Board and the Board of RNs wants to suspend the license of the three nurses. What? who ori- Yes. Yes, who originally reported. Uh, and there's two doctors. They want to go for gross negligence and unprofessional conduct, which they should because yeah. the doctors are the ones who really squashed it uh, and, and failing to report the offenses. On appeal, two of the nurses keep their licenses, and one nurse, which is Nurse O'Kane, who I'm assuming is married to Dr. Dr. O'Kane, um, she initially, they revoke her license for lack of doing anything. It just kills me the fucking nurses got hit. Yeah. Um, but later, they reviewed it again, said that was unfair. She gets five years probation. None of the doctors are found guilty. Shocker. <laughs> 
The uh, nurses are who the said nurses, they're doing this. The nurses who took the fucking specimen and brought it to the medical board yeah. are brought up to have their licenses revoked. But why does nobody report anything? That is why nobody reports anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so the board of trustees, because of this, revamps the board so that it's not major- a majority of doctors making it up. Now it's a mix. In all, 158 civil suits were filed <gasps> in 1983, and they were consolidated and set- settled for several million dollars. Wow. It does not give you a disclosed amount. Wow. I was so disturbed it's by insane. that story. A 12-year-old girl, like, my daughter goes in for surgery, mm-hmm. and this piece of shit sticks his dick in her mouth. Mm-hmm. I would cut it off. Mm-hmm. I know how to hide a body, mm-hmm. and I would make sure they never found him. <laughs> I could not believe, and I was livid. The nurses take the hit. Yeah. The nurses always take the hit. Yeah. I tell all the new people, cover your ass. Yeah. They're not your friends. No, they'll Because they'll be right driving the bus right over you yeah. if, if shit comes, you know. Oh, yeah. we just had an incident where a surgeon who I thought was very nice completely threw the entire evening shift under the bus mm-hmm. for something his day nurses did. And I'm mm-hmm. gonna, I, I had to work with him the other night. I, I actually, I didn't have to work with him. I was with my little, my little fledglings and, um. He walked in and I looked at him and my entire demeanor changed. <laughs> I was like, I have to leave this room or there's going to be a fight. I'm going to attack yeah. him. Yeah. I am so angry with him. Yeah. I may never be able to work with him again. Mm-hmm. Or I might accidentally stab him with an 11 blade. Oh. But you didn't hear that on this. Didn't hear it. <laughs> so that's the sex part of sex, it's drug, gross. and rock roll. It's, Tell us what you got, Sparkles. It's just, that's just disturbing. Disturbing. And I do feel for the nurses at the same time. I think if I saw that, I would be standing at the drapes the whole time. Yes. I would be standing yep. where the drapes go up so I yep. could watch him the whole time. I'd have one of those COVID plastic shields between him and the patient's face. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I would, I think I'd be, I'd literally be standing up there with you the whole time. You know, you do have to figure, though, this is 1979, yeah. 1980. It's a different. It's I a mean, different. That's when nurses were still standing when doctors right. walked in the room. Right. Um, not that doctors don't do weird shit today. But I think it's less likely because you're going to be like, are you out of your fucking mind? Right. Put that dick back in your pants. And I'm reporting. And you're done. I'm getting somebody else in here. And you're fired. Yeah. All right. All right. Take it away. Well, I did addiction. Oh. Yeah. Jane's addiction. Yes. Um, I got this information from an article on drugrehab.com by Matt Gonzalez um, from last year. Um, the American Nurses Association says that one in ten nurses abuse drugs or alcohol as Believe we drink it. Bloody Mary. It's e- <laughs> yes, but we're not doing it at the hospital. No. <laughs> it's a big difference. Yeah. Nurses are often thought of as being like calm and professional. People turn to you in time of need. Have they met any nurses? I know. But they have struggles, just They're like all, anyone else. Most nurses have some sort of a Munchausen syndrome. <laughs> they... Most nurses need to be needed, so they want to be a savior. They always need to help. It's like, they all have fucking psych issues. And most of them are married to psychopaths. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have problems. Yeah, Yeah. big problems. Um, (laughs) Nurses who have a substance abuse problem have impaired judgment and slower reaction times, which does not allow for good patient care. No. Obviously. No, not if you're sharing their meds with them either. (laughs) They can harm patients themselves and the profession as a whole. Mm. They put a bad name. No. They give us a bad name. We do get a bad name. Um, but addiction is a disease. And a lot of the nurses think they're in control of their addiction until it's out control of control. The, <laughs> until they've depleted the entire morphine supply yeah. of the floor. Um, why is addiction so high in nursing? Because it's easy. And well, genetics, depression, PTSD can all lead to addiction for anyone. Nurses 
and nurses, obviously anybody can have the genetics, but PTSD from seeing things at work and yeah. all that stuff, depression, anxiety from, you know, being short staffed and there's it's not stressful. enough people and it's I'm stressful. working extra overtime and it's a stressful job. Um, and then nurses have these other reasons on top of that. They have one is fatigue. They work long rotating shifts. Um, they have overtime all the time because of short staffing issues. Yep. Um, they have physically, mentally, and emotionally challenging shifts. You're, not one part of it is not challenging. Right. Um, a 2015 survey found nurses who work 12-hour shifts are more likely to burn out as opposed to nurses who work 8-hour shifts. Shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not going back oh, to 8 hours. Oh, shit. I'll just burn out. <laughs> I like to get all my hours done quick. I know. Uh, many nurses self-medicate to sleep. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know who would be doing that. Or relieve headaches and backaches. Yeah, that's it. I have a headache when I go to bed. That's why I need Tylenol PM. <laughs> Which can lead to direct misuse and abuse. Um, number two, the second thing that nurses have on top of everybody else is stress. Which other people have stress. Mm-hmm. Um, the demands of providing physical, physical and emotional support to patients and families is a lot. Nurses feel despair, anxiety, guilt... All these things, all during one shift. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and you take it home. A study in Nursing Times found 63% of participating nurses experience physical or mental side effects of job-related stress. Stress can cause insomnia, nervousness, and depression, which can lead to substance abuse. Mm-hmm. Nurses go from stressful situation to stressful, to stressful situation mm-hmm. with no time to decompress. Absolutely. You go from one thing to the other, and there's no yeah. time to sit and think, shit, that was bad. Or, yeah. Because you got another one coming in. Let me work in. that out. Mm-hmm. Um, PTSD can also occur after experiencing a traumatic event, which is common in nursing, obviously. Mm-hmm. A study in depression, in depression and anxiety in 2009 showed 22% of participating nurses showed signs of PTSD and 18% met diagnostic criteria for it. It also showed nurses with PTSD are at an increased risk for substance abuse. We had a summer. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago. And it was, it kicked off with that kid we always talk about. Yeah. And I, by the end of the summer, was angry. I was yelling mm-hmm. at everybody mm-hmm. to the point that my husband was finally like, what is wrong with you? When I finally sat down, I'm like, I think I have PTSD yeah. in the summer. It was just. It was bad. It was bad. Mm. And it wasn't until four months later that I'm like, wow, I think we just, we saw too much. We had young people shooting in the head. And I just mm. remember like. They're shaving her hair and you could smell the shampoo that yeah. she had won and her nails were done. And I'm like, she went out for a nice night right. out and she ended up with four bullets in her head. Right. You know, it's like, that was just a bad year yeah. and it did. It took its toll on me. Yeah. Sometimes it's too much. It's too much. It's too um, much at one time. Yep. Um, the third thing is drug accessibility. Well. It's easy. What? Um, prescription pain meds are readily available and they induce cravings. Like the drugs we have at the hospital... All of them are the addictive, like, yes. you crave them. Once you have it once, you have you to have it again it. and again and again. Um, the only drug I ever abused at that place was Bicitra. Oh, my God. Oh my I drank God. Bicitra. I burned like pregnant. Out of Every day I'd come down and be like, get me a Bicitra and yeah. shoot it down. <laughs> oh, I had so much Bicitra. Yep. Oh, yep. Yeah. Sorry, guys, but that's what I abused. Yeah. <laughs> GERD drugs. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm a real hot hitter. <laughs> yeah. We really went for the good stuff. Um, in the 1970s, fentanyl becomes available. Uh-oh. This is the downfall for everybody. Yeah. Um, nurses would draw some up, replace it with saline, because it's clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and this led to overdoses and addictions. Nurses were disciplined by the state boards and often fired instead of given help. 
um, state legislatures approved treatment for healthcare workers in the 1980s. Wow. So That's late. Yeah. So fentanyl comes out in the set. I mean, I'm sure they were abusing it. We had cocaine in the hospital. We had everything in the hospital. I'm sure they're abusing You could literally just pick cocaine up and you'd pour it out for like the nasal cases yeah. and stuff. And you could be like, yeah, yeah okay. anybody could it's take cocaine. It. It was right just there. on the cots. It wasn't yeah. even locked. Um, but this fentanyl really pushed. I mean, people used to do Demerol. Do you remember the Demerol syringes? Mm-hmm. Um, morphine. But fentanyl really Anything picked it up a notch. Hands on. Um, and they just would fight you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you're high. They, they have a problem. It's an addiction. You need to get them help. Right. Um, Anyways, finally, that was um, given in the 1980s. and not, But not everybody has, not every hospital. Some people still just value them. So there's like a male versus female demographic stats for drug use. Women make up 97% of nurses, but men use drugs at higher rates. Percent? Oh, I know. Wow. Yeah. But men use drugs at higher nurses. rates than women. I believe it. Female nurses are more likely to abuse prescription drugs than their male counterparts. What so do they, what do the men go for? The street drugs, apparently. Oh, okay. Um, women, <laughs> they get them off the street. Yeah. Women abuse later in life, although with fewer substances than men. So women might. So I have time. Take fentanyl. <laughs> I have time to start. Yeah, but men might try anything available. Right. Um, women appear more physically affected by substance abuse. Uh, well, we're more delicate. Yes. Well, especially when you're as thin as we all are. Yes. Fifteen <laughs> percent uh, of nurses smoke, which is the highest rate among healthcare professionals. I don't smoke. No. Drugs of choice. Lay it on me. Painkillers like hydrocodone yeah. and fentanyl. Yeah. They're easy to come by. Uh, and alcohol. I'm not drinking anything. I'm just <laughs> cracking my water. Of, yeah. <laughs> 7% of nurses use prescription drugs for non-medical purposes. And that is a higher rate than the national average. So that's pretty high. We abuse it more. Yeah. Um, nurse anesthetists use these drugs yeah. at the highest rate. Yeah. One study of 2,700 nurse anesthetists showed 9% abused opioids in 2006. So if you don't know what a nurse anesthetist is, they're basically um, a nurse that does anesthesia. Mm-hmm. They're an anesthesiologist without the MD. Right. And they'll be overseen by like, so one room could have, you could have three rooms with nurse anesthetists and one MD watching over all of them. Mm-hmm. So they're doing your anesthesia. Anesthesia has a huge rate of drug abuse okay. because that's all they're dealing with is right. drugs. Right. Um, 4% of these use midazolam, which is a sedative. We give it to you before you go in for surgery. Like if you're a little anxious, we'll give them a little midazolam. Like, it's like you had a couple of drinks. A, yeah, here's a glass nauseous. of wine. Yeah. No, that's what they literally great. say. Here's a glass of wine. You'll relax. And, and then all the dots in the ceiling start to spin. Yeah, and they're <laughs> literally like, I don't feel it. That's great. <laughs> I'm not nervous anymore. Yeah, yeah shocker. I don't know that's working. You're like, the oh, it's moment, working. I get it. I can't stop talking. I when I went in for one of my procedures, the doctor's like, we put you to sleep just to shut you up. I'm like, that's what happens when you give me that shit. Well, <laughs> I have a couple drinks. Can't stop talking. Yep. Um, and then less than 1% used barbiturates. Nurses show higher rates of alcoholism than in other lines of work. I believe it. 80% of nurses that abuse alcohol have a family member that is an alcoholic, which is usual. Normal. Um, other drugs used are cocaine, marijuana, heroin, amphetamine, sedatives, tranquilizers, and inhalants. That's quite an array. Mm-hmm. Inhalants? Like glue? <clears throat> no, they do like the keyboard cleaner and stuff like that. I mean, inha- yeah, I guess. I guess you can inhale anything. Keyboard cleaner. <laughs> that's how um, we know somebody that died like that. I've never heard of it. Mm-hmm. It's off. You're like, never. Don't huff anything. 
Don't you know, huffing. You don't want anything. any of those chemicals. They literally rot your brain. Yeah. Do not it do it. rots your brain. And kids will do it. Like teenagers will take the computer keyboard cleaner and huff it. I've never heard of this. They, they'll literally do it one time and their parents find them dead on their bed. Are you kidding no, me? I don't know if it So maybe we it. should stop making the keyboard cleaner and just get some bleach. Right. Nobody yeah. wants to huff bleach. I don't bleach. know if it's like an embolism. Or, I don't know what it is, but they'll, they'll literally die from it. It's awful. All right. Let's just use bleach. Yeah. That kills everything. Um, nurses use these li- illicit drugs at a lower rate than the general public will. So these drugs that I just mentioned, they do use at a lower rate. They use the in-hospital drugs at a higher rate. Um, and you can see, I mean, not that you can see it, but marijuana to come down after a bad shift. Yeah. You had a hard time. Yeah. Um, heroin. I mean, who doesn't like a good Mary Jane? Right. You're going to use heroin and tranquilizers and stuff. After you're using fentanyl in the hospital, you can't, if you can't keep stealing it, you go into the street drugs, yeah. but you're getting heroin yeah. and that's Yeah. Stuff. Which heroin has fentanyl in it now anyway. Yeah. Um, can't, cocaine, amphetamines. Cocaine. They're gonna, you're working all these shifts. You're exhausted. It's gonna keep you going. You're, you know, I gotta stay up. I gotta do another one. I gotta make work OT. I, they need me to come in. You know, it gets out of hand. So some signs and symptoms of nurses being addicted are some nurses hide their, well, some nurses hide their addiction very well. Some physical signs, though, are fatigue, tremors, if you smell a lot of mouthwash and mints on someone's breath, (laughs) dilated pupils, runny nose, nausea and vomiting, rapid weight gain or loss, frequent bathroom trips, and an untidy appearance. Behavioral signs, frequent anger, inappropriate laughter, hyperactivity. Lack of concentration, insomnia, frequent lying. I can have a lot of those. Not the frequent lying, but a lot of the other stuff is. I'll tell you. I mean, we had one nurse we used to work with, and I didn't realize, because I'm really naive. I don't look at people and think. Mm. Every time she came, we work nights, she'd immediately go to bed. Yeah. Immediately go to bed. Immediately go to bed. Couldn't find her. She wouldn't answer a call mm-hmm. sometimes. Turned out she was a raging alcoholic. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I Relieved her on her last shift mm-hmm. because she then proceeded to fall asleep on a stretcher and was found. Yeah. Shit-faced. But it's sad because that was a big problem. Like, yeah. And we, we're we in one OR in one hospital and we've had a lot of nurses oh, yeah. with abuse problems. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine how rampant it is. Mm-hmm. Um, nurses are afraid of admitting to a problem or self-reporting because of disciplinary actions. Mm-hmm. Um, other nurses tend not to report a coworker because of loyalty. So you work with this person day in and day out. They have you back, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to ruin their career. I don't want to get them fired. Well, that's what happened. Like, I went in to relieve this particular nurse I'm talking about. And there was another nurse, a very well-respected 40-year nurse in mm-hmm. the room with her. And when I went in to relieve this woman, she's huddled in the corner. And I thought she, I thought she was legit sick. I'm like, you all right? I, I don't feel very good. And I just got a look from literally everybody in the room. And I'm so, duh, I didn't pick up what was going on. Now, the case is underway. No counts had been done. Couldn't remember her password to get in the computer. Um, all she could do was sit in the corner. This other nurse was in there to take care of her. She knew what was wrong because I confronted her afterwards. I'm like, did you know this was going on? Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, I did. But, you know, what was I going to do? I didn't know what to say. I'm like, you cannot let somebody in that condition take care of a patient. Like, it was her responsibility to report mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But I get it. If it was you, I don't know if I'd say something. I think I'd be like, oh, get your shit together. Right, go home. <laughs> go sober up. Go get some bicitrin. Get the fuck out of here. 
But I get it. But I was just shocked that she knew this whole time and let her do it. Right. I I get what they're saying. Like these people, you you work with them. You they're your do friends. Terrible they're things your friends. with them. Like yeah. you're bonded. At the same time, you're there to take care of patients. Yes. This and is you a can't let a patient liability. Because of, yeah. Yes. And that person needs help. Yes. Big time. The person who's sitting coming to work impaired needs help. Yes. You cannot be coming to work impaired. There's something wrong. There's something going It isn't until after they're removed that you start hearing, Oh yeah, like I drove into work with her and she was so drunk one night I had to drive. Why did you drive her into work? Right. Why did you drive her into work? Right. <laughs> you told her, go the fuck home. Right. Call out You're sick. not coming. You're today. a mess. Right. I mean one nurse we worked with held it together so well. I had no idea till the woman had already gone through treatment. Yeah. That she had been coming to work. Right. I had no clue. No. I had no clue. And they they are they do I mean they can they, hide they can it. Pull until it together they together very well. Hide, yes. Till they cannot hide it yeah. anymore. Um so anyways, it goes unreported, which causes patients' well being to be compromised. Mm-hmm. Like you have to I know it feels like you're betraying somebody. You have to. It's for their own good. Because they could kill somebody. They could kill somebody. And, and now then, they're in prison. Now they're in prison. Never right. mind, lost their job. Yep. In the they're going to harm a patient, which you take a vow to do no harm. Mm-hmm. That includes knowing something is happening. You have to report it. I am not a big report person. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big, I'm writing that up person. I act, It actually drives me nuts, the stuff people write up. I hate the safety reports. I yep. hate them. I think but they're stupid. There's a, there's a time and a place. Right. And right. patient safety in this nurse's safety, this is the time and the place. Um, most state boards now offer assistance programs that help nurses get treatment and keep their license after successful treatment. Yes. So if you report a nurse or you self-report on yourself, you're not going to have like disciplinary actions. They're going to get you into a program. If you can successfully complete it, you get to go back to work, nothing on your license. But if you have another strike, then you're fired. So if they've given you treatment mm-hmm. and you go back to work and you continue to abuse, then they have the yes. right to fire you. But if you can successfully treat it, right, you can keep your license. So you know, so don't nip fret. it in the butt. Do it right. before it's a problem. Don't and we've be had say I need this help. We've had quite. We had nurses and doctors both go through treatment, mm-hmm. come back, and have had successful careers mm-hmm. afterwards. Um, many hospitals offer also offer employee assistance programs. I know where we work does and has a very strong employee assistant program. It is all um, staff. It's all people that work at the hospital. It's all only for staff and their families. It's psychiatrists. It's social workers. It's lawyers. Mm-hmm. It's um, counseling. It's therapy for drugs. But it's also all um, like HIPAA protected. No mm-hmm. one knows your name. The people at work don't know you're going to it. Right. Your bosses don't know you're mm-hmm. part of the employee assistance program. So it's not like... No one's going to know you're in it. And I think employee assistance, you also know, is not just for abuse of uh, of drugs and alcohol. It's you're in, you have a spouse who's abusing right. you. We've had people use it for that. Right. You are having any kind of crisis going on in your right. home. You, haven't you can go to, the, your help. You can yes, go to them for that. Anything. Like, you anything. can go to them for anything. So mm-hmm. don't think it's just like, I need to have a major problem. It could be anything that you're finding it hard right. to difficult Even to if you just have with. like some anxiety from right. From, not even from work, from home life. Right. You can go to They'll them. They'll hook you up they with a counselor. You. And it's all... Um, HIPAA. Anonymous. Right. Um, so they can get you... The employee assistant programs can... Nurses can turn to them and get help instead of being fired. And and instead of... I'm going to leave because they probably are on to me now. Like a lot of... We get a lot of travel nurses, I think, that have some substance mm-hmm. abuse problems. They're only there for three months. Of oh, I've 
noticed a few. Really? Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Um, but I've recorded. I mean, I've said they yeah. can't go. You have to come up, you know. Um, Makes sense. Because then yeah, one like... one person, one was a guy and I was like, um, he's drinking. And they were like, no, he's not. I'm like, yes, he is. No, he's not. No, he's not. I'm like, he absolutely is. Nope, nope, nope. He was. And How'd like you find out? How did they Someone find else noticed. Or he, I forget what he did, but they, I was like, I'm telling you now, he's drinking. No, he's not drinking. Like, How did you know? I could smell it. And everyone's like, I can't smell it. I can't smell it. And I'm like, I can smell it. It's coming out of him. Oof. Not like off his breath, but he no, just No, but you had can smell, smell it. I, I had a nurse come up behind me and uh, I, she said something. And I was like, holy shit. She's loaded. Yeah. And I reported it and they knew because... She, other people report it but then my mind starts playing tricks me was it calstat was i smelling calstat on her was yeah. it this but then you, you get nervous because you don't want to say that in somebody's life right you know but i was like jesus it took my breath away yeah you know no it wasn't even his breath it was his you know, the smell of yeah yes um anyways they also bounce around from job to job to job like they'll leave they'll travel they'll do travel assignments you're only there three months so by the mm-hmm. time people catch on you're out of there and you can keep it together for a little while right. before you have to leave. Um, anyways, call employee assistance. Get help. Say to them, I need help. I have a problem. Right. You'll, you can keep your job. You can get assistance. You can keep your license. Um, the ANA offers the Impaired Nurse Resource Center, which is an online center that helps nurses find alternatives to discipline in pair assistant programs. Go to your state legislature um, website and find your state substance abuse program for nurses. We have um, SARP in Massachusetts. It's called SARP. Um, this makes me laugh. Substance SARP. abuse. They could come up with a better something name. Something pro- SARP. program. I don't remember what it is, but it helps you keep your thing. If after five years you're clean and stuff, your license is clear. Like it's. It's, it's not the end of the you. world if you go it's get help. help right. It's only if you keep because continuing. if you keep doing it. You're going to have a bad outcome, yep. and then you're not going to recover from right. it. And you could kill somebody and end yeah. up in jail. Um, so get help before you harm a patient or yourself. So I have a couple stories. I love stories. Mm, tell me a story, Laura. Please tell right. me a story. I'm going to go for this one first because it's a little less. Um, so this is from um, Healthline.com. So this woman, we'll call her Samantha, had been a nurse for years um and she had never used drugs she came home one night and she had a leftover iv pain medication in her scrub pocket and she's like oh shit what am i gonna clearly do with this? this is before they were counting and wasting right yeah she's like what am i gonna do with this because now like if you bring it back it's kind of weird like yeah well i do what i do is throw it in the trash she put it in her medicine cabinet why would you do that i don't know so then it was there for a while, and she's looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. She's like, maybe I'll just try it. Yeah, that's not... that's not One me. day she tries it. Um, I think it was there for a week, and she decided she was going to... I think she was always going to try it, or she would have gotten rid of it. Probably. Um, mostly out of curiosity, like, mm-hmm. what does this feel like? Um, she says as the medication hit her bloodstream, she literally fell to her knees and felt like all the pain in her life was draining out of her. And that was it, and she was hooked. I've never had anything make me feel like that. <laughs> no. Um, so she now starts... Abusing. Abusing drugs. 
Hospitals have like all these systems in place for controlled substances. Um, there you have to put your fingerprint in. You have to. It comes up under your name. You, you have, have to waste. waste. You have yeah. to have two nurses waste on the floor for opioids. You have to. Um, you you have to witness. So she Can was. Can I get a witness? Yeah. So she was saying like, um. She would give the patient smaller doses and take the leftover. That's person, what happens. The patients of, suffer. Right. A lot of nurses do, and your patient is suffering. Your patient just had surgery. They need the pain meds. Half a milligram morphine because you're going to have the other half. Like, right. that's awful. Um, But you're an addict and you're not thinking right. right. Um, So she... Well, she, then you make the the, dr- the patient look like a drug seeker when they're like, this isn't working. Right, I need more. Because it's been I documented you get a milligram, right. you're like, but you only got a half. Right. And you're like, I'm in agony. So right. now they look like drug seekers. Right. It's a it's real just, bad it's terrible. Yeah. So she abused drugs on the job for years at two different hospitals in two different states and then that's the thing too you got to go state to state because they can't fit you know your nursing license is state to state state. so finally she was doing a medication waste with another nurse because when you waste like anesthesia has this does do this all the time at the end of the case can you waste this with me and i watch them oh i do too it's they I'm like, you better put that shit in that box. <laughs> show you the medicine, how much they used, how much is left. Then they have to show you the actual syringe of how right. much is left. And then they, they have, have to, to drain it, it into a certain, there's like a container. drug container to squirt this stuff out into. Um, that can't be like tampered yeah. and opened. And they have to squirt it out in front of you. Like I always, I, I don't, sit there and watch I while they squirt it out. I'm not getting. <laughs> I ain't trusting your no. shit. Um, so this nurse, but, but this happens because. When you're on the floor, it's, it's your nurse friend. and nurse. It's you. It's so like, it's oh, me. Oh, so like, I trust you, Can you sign that I yeah. did this? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And you would. Yep. A hundred percent. And in your rush. Don't fuck me, Laura. I know. In your rush <laughs> because you have, you're understaffed. Yeah. You are always understaffed. You are never at full staff never. anywhere in the world. So you're rushing. Mm-hmm. So I know you have eight patients. Can you just quick, I'm just going to um, get rid Will of this. Will you just sign I'm it off waste me? this morphine. Can you sign yep. this? Yep. And they run by and sign it for you. They get away with it like murder. Um, so this woman was doing a medication waste with Samantha and she didn't like how the other nurse didn't like how the medication waste went. So whatever she did, I said like, Oh, this is all queued up. Can you just put your ID in? She didn't feel comfortable. She told her nurse manager, they started an audit Never and they good. found she was taken out, you know, she had way more That's waste That's a pretty smart nurse. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I picked up on that. Yeah. She, and maybe she suspected her right. for other things, but, um. You know, they find that you have, uh, like, Laura has 40 withdrawals of fentanyl in, two, in 30 wastes, and you have 130 right. withdrawals. You know, like, the it's numbers ridiculous. are way off. Yeah. Um, this girl, Sam, resigned before the investigation was completed, but the hospital alerted the Board of Nursing. Well, because that's a big red flag if you resign. Yeah. Because if, if you're accusing me and I didn't do it, I'm going to fight you to the oh, death. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm not resigning and being like walking away quietly. Yeah. So I guess the board, the board gave her um, options to keep her license, but there was like a bunch of stipulations. Probably had to go through a treatment program and mm-hmm. stuff. And she said she gave up her license. She was struggling through severe depression. Um, she didn't want to fight a very long. It sounds like she has some back issues going on. Right. Career. She didn't want to fight like in the legal system forever and try to get her license back. Blah blah blah. Um. She now works in a different field, is successful, has a family, like, does not abuse drugs. It was, you know, whatever situation. Nursing dinner in. Yeah, it was whatever situation (laughs) she was going through. But she also says she was never once subjected to random drug tests. 
We don't get drug tests. Not even after she was suspected of abusing. They didn't yeah, give her drug no. tests. We never and get drug people tests. People say that all the time to me. Like, well, yeah, because you get drug tests. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I never, I've never, i never been drug tested. And they're like, what do you mean? You work with all those drugs. Yeah, my husband gets random drug tested. M- mine he has no too. access to drugs. Mine does too. <laughs> well, he's a driver. I get I, it. Okay, but He's still. driving people, but. Um, I'm like, I've never been. They never don't once. test us. And they're never like, once. what do you mean? Nope. They don't test nurses. Which I mean. They should. I think, I think traveling. I did have to, oh my God, my traveling story, right? <laughs> such an idiot listen if you can trust anybody you can trust me because i lie terrible <laughs> i am guilty as sin i can't hold it like i just i can't handle the pressure man i can't handle the pressure right so my friend and i are traveling we're going out to california they're doing a random drug test mm-hmm. and we had done we had smoked some pot mm-hmm. right so oh, i got there back, and it was like three days before oh, God. <laughs> tested, and i was like <gasps> And I'm into the wo- and I know I'm going to test positive. I know it's coming up. And I'm like, this is my fucking job. We've driven out to California. So I, when I tell you, the woman didn't even have to put the light on me. I spilled the beans. I'm like, oh my God, we drank it. Like, Tara's like, what the fuck did you do in there? She's like, what did you tell you? A light story? You could have just said nothing. It would have been fine. I'm like, no, because if she bagged me, I would have been mad. So yeah, the woman's like, it's fine. It's fine. Everybody smokes pot. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I just dropped my books. Um, all right, so I have another story. Thank this you. from the Denver Post. This is, I remember this happening. Oh, I can't um, wait to hear it because maybe I do too. It's one of the most famous cases <gasps> of drug abuse in healthcare. Rocky Allen. No. Rocky, I like the name though. I know. Rocky was a surgical technologist. Did you say Rocky was in Colorado? Oh, it's from the Denver Post. Yeah, that's weird. Her name's Rocky, it's and she's guy, a fucking cowboy. Yeah, but his name is Rocky. I know. How cheesy is that? Oh, I know. It's like naming myself Chowder in Boston. <laughs> it's stupid. It <laughs> hey, Chowder, was up, Chowderhead? Um, Rocky was a surgical tech in the Navy. Oh, and- Rocky, mm-hmm. you're giving the U.S. Navy a bad set. Mm-hmm. He was stationed in Afghanistan. Oh, well, that's understandable. Yeah. He was discharged and diagnosed with PTSD, as many are. Mm-hmm. Um, he also had a history of sexual abuse. Oh, in so his he came with some issues too. As well, he had some issues. He was court-martialed while serving in the Navy for oh. stealing vials of fentanyl. Rocky, you're a hot mess. He was fired from five hospitals in <gasps> California, Arizona, and Washington before Swedish Hospital in Inglewood hired him. How are people still hiring him? He just kept lying. And they would say, but oh, don't this they do a this. reference like, check? Yeah, that's not true. Blah, 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 blah. He must have been a real good storyteller. These people are good at lying. But she was really cute. Probably. Um, oh, no, I saw her picture. No, not so much. Um, I couldn't call him Rocky. I just couldn't do it. I know. That's like a dog's name. So he, um, yeah, he would just lie to them and they would believe it and hire him. Um, he was finally caught at Swedish when he was found switching a vial of fentanyl for a vial of saline. Mm. Um. He was prosecuted and sentenced to six and a half years in prison. Wow. The judge gave, gave him that sentence. They had asked for two and a half years. The prosecutors asked for ten. The judge gave him six and a half. Um, he said Rocky didn't give a damn about people. Quote. No. No, why would he? He's in his drug addiction. Yeah. He was stealing that fentanyl from an elderly patient about to undergo surgery and then came into a room high to operate on a burn patient. Oh, nice. He also cost the hospital $800,000. <gasps> In testing. Ooh. Because guess what? He was HIV positive. <gasps> oh and, my God. Yeah, and he's using a syringe and drawing. Oh my God. That they're using on patients. Oh, he's a real piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rocky. And the hospital had to test 2,400 patients. 
that wow. could have been infected. Could you imagine if he infected all those yeah. people? He didn't infect anybody. Son of a bitch. That, I think he must have used clean, but they yeah. had to make sure. He's a real son of a bitch. That? So he could have infected 2,400 patients because of him using the vials of drugs. Where's Rocky now? Um, not working in healthcare. What a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, and then this this is my last story. I like a good story, though. Mm-hmm. I don't mind. I'm, I'm settled in for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from DallasNews.com. In 2016, UT, University of Texas, mm-hmm. South, Southwestern's Clements Hospital. So I'm just going to now <laughs> say Clements Hospital. Clemens. Like Fat Clemens from The Godfather? C-L-E-M-E-N-T-S. Clements. 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 Um, hospital found that Aaron Bradley Hudson was stealing drugs. Um, I like his name. Yeah. Meant for post-op patients he was treating and using them in the bathrooms. Oof. So co-workers reported him How after finding... How do they finding... shoot up in the bathroom? It's so dirty in there. It's private. It's locked. Co-workers yeah, it's reported him after finding syringes in bathrooms. Like, after he would come out, mm-hmm. there'd be syringes in there. He lost his license and pleaded guilty to fraudulently obtaining a controlled substance. He All right, I'm sorry him. again. Was he a nurse? He was a nurse. Okay. He was a traveling nurse. Um, he then killed himself in June 2017. Oh, my God! Mm-hmm. He lost his license. He was going to go to his prison. Life. He yeah. lost his um, job. This all came out. Yeah. He ended his life. His mother said he was a smart, funny, and oh, that's kid, and he loved being a nurse, but was no match for drugs of that magnitude. Um, several months after Hudson stole meds, Patricia Norman, known as Trisha, started showing signs of drug abuse. Trisha was a cardiac ICU nurse and had wanted to be a nurse since she was 15. Oof. She worked 12-hour shifts. She lived with her brother. And he started noticing that she would be, like, walking into walls when she got off her shifts. Oh, nice. And she would just brush off. I'm, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm tired. Exhausted. Yeah, I knew she was going to say. Um, he also found empty syringes and vials around the house, but she claimed she forgot to throw them out at work. Um, police twice had been called to find her unconscious in her car with syringes and tourniquets. Come on. She was given CPR and Narcan and revived. The first time they took her to a nearby hospital where she told them she had taken prescribed meds and a Xanax and it was never investigated. And I had to inject them into my arm with the mm-hmm. tourniquet. Mm-hmm. The second time she was taken to Clements where she worked. I'm pretty sure any Clements. drug you're using a tourniquet for is illegal. Probably. Um, so they took her to where she worked. Where she told her brother her fellow nurses covered for her. The case was never pursued. Oh, come on. Come on, ladies. Pull it together. Mm -hmm. Six months later, Trisha was found in a hospital bathroom (gasps) stall late in the evening, still in her scrubs. She died of a fentanyl overdose at the age of 32. They could have saved her life Mm -hmm. if they reported Mm -hmm. it. They went, like the EMTs went to the manager, the police went to her manager, and they were like, oh, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And they just kind of brushed it aside. Shameful. Mm -hmm. A year and a half later, Aisha Keller took a break during her shift at Clements. Clemens and was gone for quite a while. Co-workers called her phone and heard it ringing inside the staff bathroom. She was found on the floor with a syringe labeled fentanyl. They tried to revive her, but she died at the age of 36. This is all at the same hospital. Jesus. Uh, Medazolam was also found in the syringe. She was said to be a firecracker that loved her patients. That's a shame. Yep. That's a shame. And so they've obviously been investigated yeah. for how they are handling substances and handling their drugs. And they said, we do it the same way as everybody else and blah, blah, blah. But they did change some, you know, safety yeah. measures there. 
not that this has anything to do with nursing, but did you ever see the one? It's on Netflix, and I can't remember the name of it. And it's about the lab, drug labs in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. And one of the drug lab assistants, they don't drug, they don't test these drug labs. And they have, they have cocaine, they have heroin, mm-hmm. they have the, because they have to, that's their... They um, test it against it. Yeah, what's yeah. the sample? Same. It's like the, you know, the constant. Yeah. So they're testing it. This girl, she'd be hitting LSD, heroin, coke, all in the same ship. They're like, she was in the bathroom every 10 minutes. And she'd be in the bathroom for 20 minutes. Yeah. 30,000 cases had to get thrown out of Massachusetts oh, because she, she was the lab it, tech. Yeah. And then there was another one who was so um, anxious to be perfect, she would grab five tests, test one of them, and say they were all the same just because she wanted to be hypervigilant. I was horrified. Yeah. I was horrified. So, yeah, it is a big problem in the field. Unfortunately, in my career, I've seen doctors shooting up. I've seen nurses. Most of the nurses I've seen are not drug. It's alcohol. It's alcohol. Yeah. They're really abusing the alcohol. We've mm-hmm. had quite a few. Mm-hmm. They've been through treatment. They've come back. Um, I can't believe I didn't notice it to begin with. I, yeah. I just am so oblivious. I'm just like, whatever. I don't. I want to think the best of everybody. I don't yeah. want to think my coworkers are raging alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Um but it is a real issue, mm-hmm. especially in the OR. Mm-hmm. Keep your eyes out. I have a friend of mine who is a nurse, and um, one of her friends came to her. She caught an anesthesiologist injecting in his thigh while he was doing anesthesia, oh. the, and she had to report him, and it was a big deal. She had another friend commit suicide mm. with the drugs. With the like we had, we had a doctor do yeah. the same thing where yeah. they had the intern put a Heplock in, mm-hmm. and he went home and he killed himself. I think he said he was like hungover. Yeah, he was. Oh, well he had the or flu something. or something. You know, so it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to be hypervigilant, really alert. Yeah. And don't be afraid to report because right. um, you could save your friend's life. Right. And that's more important than worrying about their career. You could save their life. You could save a patient's life. Right. It's really kind of important. Yep. Get help. Get There's help. tons of help out there. Call your hospital employee assistant program. Go on your state legislature website. They all have SARP. SARP from like Massachusetts. SARP. But you mass.gov or, you know, <laughs> alabama.gov. Check whatever it, it is. Yeah. Go to your state page and don't be afraid to report them because you could save lives and and i know it's hard report yourself you need help you need help and you don't want to hurt somebody you're not there to hurt somebody yet and if it's that bad go to your employee assistance program Mm -hmm. i'll pull your friend laura aside go for a few drinks yeah and unload like we do Mm -hmm. many nights laura i've called her on the way home from work oh my god you're not gonna believe what just happened (laughs) or we just happen to be in the same room and we just deal with it like we talk to each other your friends are your there's a reason nurses tend to be very clicky. Yes, because we're seeing stuff that you can't talk about with your other yes, friends. Yes, I tell my husband, he's like, what? Yeah, like it's not. My help. husband's it's not very helpful. supportive. Yes, no, no, he's but supportive. But he didn't see what no, I saw. He can't. He can't appreciate what I was saying. Yeah. The magnitude. So it's just you have to. You find somebody and you talk. Right. Before it gets so, bad. So, to the rock and roll part, I just went over a little just because I figured like we have to touch a rock and roll if we're going to do course. sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So I found some. <laughs> Surgeons are so geeky. I'm sorry, but they're so goofy. They really, they really are. are. <laughs> so this is a band called Cell Division. Ugh. You have four surgeons, three plastics, and one vascular surgeon. Uh, they're members of the rock and roll band Cell Division. Oh, they cover classic rock songs. You have Dr. Weisswasser. Weisswasser! Dr. Weisswasser, room three, please. Dr. Weisswasser, room three. He um he got so into it that he actually met like the Rolling Stones. He meets the Foo Fighters. He has quote unquote they come to his house for tea and they discuss health. It makes him feel like a real human. Like uh, really asshole. I'll make oh you feel like a real God. human. Come wash my toilets. All right. 
Then we have... Yeah, you're a real human hanging out with a rolling stone. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. He's a douche. All right, NED. What do you think NED stands for? Big medicine. You're never going to come up with this. I'll just talk. No evidence of disease. disease. That's. I was going to... I was like, the only thing I know is no evidence of These disease. That's really... Dorks name themselves no oh evidence of disease. And they're all comprised of GYN oncologists. Oh, God. I want to be that groupie, though. They know their way around. <laughs> Let me tell you what. They know their way around. <laughs> Then we have malpractice. Oh, <laughs> it's so cheesy. Malpractice. I wouldn't pay to see any of these. I'm not gonna lie. Maybe no. the gynecologists Maybe. because they know their way around. <laughs> but that's the only reason not because they know their way around. All right. Uh, malpractice lead singer is a trauma surgeon. I don't know where he has the time. Yeah. Clearly, he's a trauma surgeon in like Idaho where nothing's going on. Right. And I mean, we have to the honorable. <laughs> mention of rod the long bone <laughs> which is made of orthopedic surgeons at the hospital we work at yeah. rod the long bone and not for oh, nothing which is also so cheesy it's so cheesy oh, it's and they had fucking oa groupies that's what's even oh, cheesier they would all go they'd all go oh, drink it yeah. rod the long bones playing tonight i'm like ooh, good for you i think i'll stay home and count my fucking mustard seeds i'm good i i'll pass and rod the long bone thanks but they had, yeah, they had their groupies. Yeah. So I guess to let off some steam, the surgeons go for a little bit of um, trying to be cool. Because mm-hmm. most most of these guys are kind of dorky. You know, they've been in med school their whole life and mm-hmm. they're really like cerebral and they're kind of goofy and they're trying to be cool. But they were never, they were the kid in school who was getting wedgies. You know, they most, had the pencil the most, yeah. protectors pencil, and they, uh, protector. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. little tape on the glasses. Mm-hmm. They're smart and they're making a lot of money and they're oh, saving yeah. your life, yeah. but they're dorky. They'll never be the cool kids in school. No. So they're trying to be the cool kids in school. The only the only group that could potentially be the cool kids in school is the orthopedic guys. Yeah. I will say Jocks. they're jockey. Yeah. They're usually pretty good looking. Yeah, they're they, jacked. Yeah. They're, but they're not really the smartest of the surgical groups. Yeah. You know, I fix bones. That's yeah. what I do. Yeah. Patient's dead, but I'll fix the bone. Right. Don't God don't love. hold us to it, but you no, guys, I mean, you're adorable, but you're kind of dorky. You're like you're kind of. <laughs> That's the only way yeah. I can say it. You're the Neanderthals. Yes, of yes, you are. <laughs> I have my hammer and I have my chisel. I'm gonna get it done. <laughs> God bless. I mean, very smart. I went through med school. Look but. at the real dorky dorks of the dorks of surgical neuro. Oh, the God. neuro guys are as Obviously. dorky as they're gonna get. Obviously. Like you're wicked smart. Yeah. But goddamn, you guys are like not Oof. the sexiest group I've you ever seen. You can't even say like a sentence without being like, oh my god, you're yeah. a dork. Like oh, everything. You're, you're over my head already. You're talking about groceries and you've already gone over my head. Right. You have cardiac, their egos are so big that most of them are bald because their heads are so big. <laughs> you know, they're way like and, and right under cardiac goes thoracic and vascular because yes. they all go together. Yeah, yeah. So those those are the ego guys. Oh yeah. General, I think, is the coolest because they do a little bit of everything. They're like, we're here, dude. We'll fix whatever. No, like, you get some colon nice. issues. Okay. Get some neck bash. Whatever it takes. What those? <laughs> we're going to mm-hmm. fix your bone. Mm-hmm. Um, GU? I don't know. Yeah. GYN's kind of all women. Pretty it's all fucking women. Yeah. All we I do mean, is there give... There are a few guys. But, come on. I know. It's all women. Yeah. And they're like power women. Oh, yeah. We're power women. We're going to fix the GYN. We're going to fix you. Mm-hmm. Power women in GYN. What are the services? Am I, what am I missing? What plastics. Am I, plastics. Plastics are douchebags. They're like the pretentious guys on the <laughs> yes. boat with the boat shoes. Yes. The, I'm yeah. going to make money. A and sweater I, around their neck. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All mm-hmm. day long. They're kind of douchey. Mm-hmm. Am I missing a service? 
Come on. Come on. We get plastics recovered GU, yeah. neuro, vasculothoracic general, general GYNGU. Cardiac. Cardiac. There's two more. We're missing two. PD. PD. PD's this. I'm so sweet. I'm so giving. I'm going to give back to my community. I'm going to take care of little orphans with cleft lips in Ecuador. Like, they're really sweet. Mm. They're really sweet. They're really sweet. Yeah. I couldn't do PD. No. I couldn't do it. No. They I just have, it. like, babies come in. There's a lot of weird babies coming in. It's like, I couldn't do it. They're, who's 12? What are we missing, Warren? Number 12. Walk the hallways. Walk the hallways, Laura. Who am I missing? PD plastic burns. Yep. GU general. GU GYN thoracic. Cardio. Cardiac. Vascular. PD vascular neuro ortho. That's it. I'm missing somebody. But anyway, I think we've covered them all. If you have any other takes on these services, you let us know because that's basically our take in a nutshell. (laughs) Douchebags. Athletes, egotistical, dogs, egotistical pricks. <laughs> Got to get back to my society. Power women. <laughs> yeah. I mean, GU is kind of like nondescript. They're kind yeah, of like, GU is kind of. They're kind of the kid in the back of the classroom that wants to mind his own business. Kind, yeah. Yeah, that's they're a good just way like, I'm coming in here and get my job done. I want to go home. I don't want to be bothered. I can't be bothered. Leave me alone. I'm gonna do my job. I'm gonna deal with the donut, also known as prostate. Yeah. Call it a day. Yeah, I'll fix your urine for you. Yeah, and make it pee again. Yeah. Nice straight stream. Mm-hmm. Call it a day. Yeah. They just want to be left alone. I think that's it. I think we've covered everybody. I think so. All right. So, happy anniversary to us. Yes. Yay, two years. I have a big year planned. Hopefully COVID won't kill it because it killed my last year. And um, we'll see you. I don't know what we're going to do because we haven't planned it yet. No. But it's coming. Something's coming. Something's coming. It's coming. It's coming big. All right. right. See you later. Bye. Bye. Like, subscribe, rate, and review. The Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Scissors and Scrubs. And email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissorsandscrubs at gmail.com.